Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the little under the weather, but still super producer, Jason. How's it going, Jason? I'm doing okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to get through this thing one way or another. And greetings to everyone get... out there. <laughs> yeah, don't leave it. Just because you don't feel good, don't make everybody else not feel good by you not saying greetings. I mean, I think people really I think people really look forward to that every week, right? I mean, isn't that like Spock's live long and prosper kind of deal, right? Yeah, I guess you can say it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, as always, um, as always happens in the podcast world, um, we fly by the seat of our pants. And, and today is no exception. We had a really great guest scheduled. And they had a family emergency. And so we're going to get that guest at another time. But lo and behold, another even maybe better guest fell into <laughs> our laps last minute. So so I'm going to introduce Jason. I've been telling you about this lady and how amazing the conversation I had with her was. Um, she is a well-known psychic. Uh, from Cleveland. Um, she's a ghost banisher, which uh, that's even cooler than saying she's a ghost buster. Um, she does not like to be called an expert, but we will shamelessly plug her as an expert because in this circle, she's more of an expert than us. Oh, and she's also, she, she's also a Bigfoot enthusiast, which we know our, our listeners love Bigfoot. So nice. without, without further ado, the the so-called don't call me an expert uh psychic <laughs> ghost banisher and bigfoot enthusiast sonia horseman welcome to the show oh, 
thank you. I'm putting that on my business card now. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. You're more than you're more than welcome. And and I because then I'll be because then I'll be an expert, right? If I have a business card, right? That's exactly right. And I think we've we've already established in a previous episode the judge laid it on the line that in the court of law, whoever has the most knowledge of the subject at hand is can be and will be considered. <laughs> An expert. So, so if anyone well, I will, well, I will say, I will tell you that if you did have a problem with ghosts, you would want to call call me. You would want my number if you're in the Cleveland area or the Mid Ohio area. It's, it's not many people that you can call besides a priest, you know, or or somebody like that. Like your ghost groups, you can call on them, but they don't do anything about the problem. So. If I was to go into a court of law, yeah, I've got all kinds of uh, experiences and expertise that I could I could present. Jason, sure. I, Jason, I think that is considered a mic drop moment where oh, Sonia yeah. just dropped the mic and said, "There you go, everybody else. I'm <laughs> I'm the uh, to quote the great Chris Hahn, I'm the king of cell block 13." So, <laughs> so, so well, so, yeah. So, here's um, another. Here's another another way to look at it too. That you know, when I put out my press releases and things, I what I write is repeated. So, as I say, so shall it be. You know, I'll write top rated psychic or top rated ghost lady, and then it gets repeated. Oh, <laughs> you know? okay. The more and more I do, the more and more I show up at events, and the more and more I'm on radio, and the more and more I, my name's passed around. It's it's kind of like a bad commercial on the TV. You hear it over and over again. You start to remember. I'm the lady. I'm full-time busy. I'm so busy with ghost calls all the time. My phone is... I didn't even check my messages today. I was just so busy with a lame horse and everything else I had to do. But I, I get calls every day. Help, help. I've got a ghost problem. And everybody passes their number to me, you know? Right. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, <laughs> the more times... My name's name gets mentioned around and around. It just gets worse and worse mm-hmm. for me. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so, so, Sonia, let's let's get into this. What? Okay. How did you, how did you discover your talent, your ability to to do what it is that you do, that you're an expert at? Or I'll just go ahead and say it. Well, well, I, I discovered I was a natural born intuitive, and there was a ghost in our house, and I was five years old, and. On Christmas Day, everybody was gathered around, and again, this ghost was bothering us, you know, peeking at us, watching us, creepy. And I said out loud, why is this lady on the stairs? And my mom scolded me and said, there's nothing there. Stop it. And the ghost said to me, you're the only one that can see and hear me now. So I was like, whoa, on Christmas Day, 1968, I was five years old, and they started to talk to me, and I understood that I could see ghosts, and I can see these things, and luckily, I'm... I learned to deal with it as I grew older, what they were. I learned what they were and how to deal with them. And it just all evolved. I'm 58 now, and I've been cleaning houses and clearing houses and getting attachments off people for, for years. I think definitely since high school. Okay, so so okay, so okay, I'm going to go completely off topic a little bit, but something <laughs> mm-hmm. popped into my head. So when mm-hmm. you so when you watched The Sixth Sense for the first time, mm-hmm. how did that? I mean, and this is, I guess, a serious question. How did that mirror what you grew up, you know, dealt with as a kid and 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 grew up mm-hmm. being able to do? Well, I've I've also discovered that other people 
don't see it either. Like I have a twin sister who does not see anything. Mm. And also I've been in a ghost tour and I don't know how to answer that. All I know is that I've been on a ghost tour where we all, not, I'm sorry, not all of us saw it, but seven of the 20 people standing there saw it walking towards us, this phantom. And we were all very surprised and then it jumped behind a tree and disappeared. But then when we interviewed everybody, there was people standing right next to us who didn't see it at all. So I think some people have the sight and some people do not. Like my twin, she doesn't feel it, hear it, see it. She's She thinks I've got a weird gift. And, and is that what you consider a gift or you consider it a curse? Yes. Well, I've asked God to take it away. I am spiritual. I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. And I've asked God, take this from me, you know, take this. And then it became like more apparent that I'm to continue it. Because the calls keep coming and I'm stronger than ever. And I'm I'm not afraid to come into your house and kick a ghost out. This is what I do. I help people who have ghost problems and I steer them away from you know, Ouija boards and black magic and quit watching Zach Baggins and all this garbage on TV. And I, I bring people back to spiritualism and we kick out these ghosts that maybe a priest has come in and hasn't been able to be successful or they call the ghost group, you know, like Ravenna paranormal or Monroe falls paranormal or somebody, and they come in and they can't do anything for it. That's passed on to me. And then that's my responsibility is to deal with it, is to get rid of it. I feel like I'm responsible, like I have to help people. It's hard for me to say no. Well, so, okay, so the lady on the stairs talked to you. Yeah. Okay. So is there ever been a time where you've gone into a place where a ghost does not want to be banished and you walk in and they're like, oh, crap, oh, crap. Like they know what you're all about and they know it's about Absolutely. to happen. It, it, they I mean, ride for me and they hide from me. They, they're usually theaters. Usually in the theaters, they don't want to leave. It's hard to get rid of something out of a big building or an old building. They, wow. they see me coming okay. and, yeah, they'll hide. I mean, I can sniff them out. If it's if it's a small apartment or condo or a house or even a small apartment building, I can usually find them and I bind them with prayer. And I summon and invoke safety of white light around us. And then I call upon the ancestor, hey, grandma. And then I say, hey, don't you see the grandmothers and the grandfathers? They are in the light. Look, look, be not afraid of the light. And within this is I bind I bind them and they are like tossed into the light. <laughs> and I don't know how else to simply say it, but this is what I do. And then they're compelled and they are banished. And then I seal it up and I put crosses on the doors and I counsel the people what to do, what not to do. And I sniff out Ouija boards and if there's a Ouija board in the house, you can't hide it from me. I can feel its vibe. I can tell it's there. It's very bad to have Ouija boards, but you guys keep playing with them because you know I make money. Oh no, I've never. Hey, yeah. I'm going to tell you that's a line in the sand that I drew a long time ago, and mm-hmm. not because I knew anything, but just because there was always this like I don't just nothing good ever. There was never like a movie that something good happened with Ouija board. Okay, <laughs> right? You know right. what I'm saying? And 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 it's so it's like. It's not like, oh, we got a Ouija board and we won a million dollars and there was rainbows every day and we all got new puppies. So it was always <laughs> like there's got to, you know, there's got to be something to the the bad part. So I was just always well, adamant. You invite the you invite a devil to play. Don't expect it to behave. Right. Oh. It's not a game. Well, I mean, you know the, what? the Ouija board I, is a portal, a right? 
Hey, that's a T-shirt. Right well, you're open. You're no, no. It's not a portal. It's a summoning game. It's a, you're okay. summoning. It's not a portal game. It's a summoning. Okay. So whatever is around that hears the summon comes towards you. Now remember, this is earthbound spirits. These are not. Nobody uh-huh. is holy enough or badass enough to call something from another side. I'm sorry, these people who think they can. Okay. Anything that's here earthbound can be summoned towards you, but not something that's crossed over. That's that's like. God summoning or an angel summoning. No, humans just can't summon stuff. And they're they're fooling themselves that they think they can. But the earthbound spirits and the stuff that decide to stay here and do not cross over, the ones that stay here, they can be very troublesome. And yeah, so there's, so the Ouija boards are all about summoning. Bad, there's bad, pl- bad, there's bad. plenty of evil. There's right, there's plenty of evil here. We don't need to sure. bring it from somewhere else. Yeah. Sure. So, sure. Sonia, I have a question. Um, well, number yeah. one, uh, it's it's to me, it's very fascinating. You have a twin, and she yeah. does not have <laughs> any psychic ability that she's aware of. And usually Nothing. it works just the opposite. Usually twins have mm-hmm. some type of a bonding, whether it's, uh, you know, a mental well, bonding you or guys, something. But do you, got, do you guys have a bond between each other? Well, let me explain the type of twins we are. Okay. I was born. I was born June sixth. Okay. Okay. In the sixth hour and a full moon, she was born the following year on June fifth. So we're one day less than a year apart. I was born with jet black, long hair, with blue eyes, riding motorcycles and men and wild horses, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was born bald, blonde, brown-eyed, playing with dollies and learned how to sew. <laughs> <laughs> she played with dollies and Barbies and. You know, I was out tracking critters with my handmade bow or something. You know, we're total opposites. They call us twins because we're less than a year apart. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay. And, okay. And we're Gemini twins. So. Yeah. And another question I had uh, was about these Ouija boards. <clears throat> um, these, I mean, okay, the way I'm understanding it from you, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, if it's for an earthbound spirit, that's really what's around here, and then you would be summoning that spirit. So when people claim mm-hmm. to get on the Ouija board and try to get a, uh, a, a recently passed relative or something like that, they really don't know who they're getting. It's just whatever happens right, because, to be around at the time, yes. right? Yes, because a bad spirit or an evil spirit or something with malintent would would pretend to be something that reminded them of their grandmother or their grandfather that's passed could even be something that's been following you around. And all of a sudden now it's time to swoop in and pretend like you're the dead person. And cause they would, if they've been following you and near you, they would know personal things about you. Yeah, then they absolutely. could whisper to the psychic or they could whisper to the psychic or the medium and whisper things that might, I, I don't always trust all the spirits that whisper to me, especially if I can't see them. Right. If they hide and just talk to me, I don't trust them. If they come in front of me and I can describe them and focus on their their figure, mm-hmm. you know, most often they're, they're, that's a good spirit. The bad ones tend to hide from you. They don't show themselves, or they'll show themselves in a in like a like a childlike spirit, which would be not as intimidating as an old crazy lady with right, right. <laughs> with, <laughs> with a weird you know with a weird face. But yeah, I help people get rid of ghosts. I mean, people will have, um, I, I have a 99% rate of success, but I do have this one case in Parma, which I won't name, 
said, boy, I can't. It's been three years now. And the last time I finally did the, the last uh, most successful one, she hasn't called me over in a while, um, we had a shaman priest. We had like a shaman priest and me and a demonologist from Broad Island that called in. Mm-hmm. So we were finally able to, to really kick out the bad ones. And now she says, well, what's there is not as bad as the nasty ones. She says, but that was the one instance in Parma that I think I'm going to write about if I ever get these ghost stories together. That's going to be the, the intense one. We have so much evidence. It's just, it's almost unbelievable, the evidence. There's so much. Jason, so it's, it's, um, uh, it's amazing. Jason, we could make a movie out of the evidence. Yeah. Jason, please, Jason, please strike the, the, the term expert off the title. She's not a hundred percent. Okay. Oh, she, um, I don't she's, feel she's the real deal. That's, no, that's, that's I don't feel I'm a 99%. <laughs> so, so when was, okay. So you're, you're a kid, five years old and you realize yeah. that you can talk. So, how did it progress? Yeah. Did you just well, how it happened? Stuff or, or 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 what? Like, I mean, yes. Yeah, so that at Christmas when I was, everybody was in the room. I'm one of eight children, okay, and I'm like the second youngest. And my oldest sister was 18 at the time, and she heard me talk about the ghost. So she pulled me aside after all the presents were open, and she said, you know, she questioned me. Which number one, people don't question the kids. Don't lead them because they're don't lead them into it. Just, I shouldn't have been talking about it. You know, it, it, it gives, brings more attention. And so she asked me about it. Then she said, well, listen, you know, don't talk to strangers, especially dead ones. <laughs> and I remembered that all my life. And then she gave me a prayer and I will share this with everybody that's listening. I will share, I share this prayer with everyone. I learned this at five years old because when I said this prayer out loud, it invoked the safety of the white light and it protected me instantly it was like announcing and I, anything that was near me that was negative pushed away with this prayer. So I was very aware at five years old, how prayer was powerful. I was realizing spirits and I grew up pretty quick at five when I had a realization of all this, maybe not understanding it, but the prayer goes like this. You announce out loud, the light of God surrounds me. The light of God is within me. The light of God protects me. Blessed be this light of God. And you could say that like in a series of three times in a row. And then you just, things just melt away from you. They just are pushed away and you're safe. Then I can go to sleep. Nothing would bother me. You know, I could go about my school day without something tugging on me. <laughs> yeah, because it had to be everywhere you went, right? I mean, liter- literally yeah. like the, the kid in the sixth sense where Ghost probably knew. Um, it's been, so... So what I'm imagining is there's there's people that and we had a little bit of discussion about it before, but people who don't pass over spirits that don't pass over mm. for whatever reason, do, maybe they don't understand why they didn't or that they're still here and they yeah. maybe understand that you can see them and they want to talk to yeah. you because they feel like you're going to have an agenda or something. Yeah, they got yeah. that agenda. I think the hardest part for me is that sometimes when I'm driving on crossroads, you'll see dead people hanging around on crossroads. And sometimes they'll like try to jump out in front of your car or they'll walk across the street just absently. And so there's been times when I've been like, ah, step on the brakes and there's nothing there. And it annoys the heck out of the people with me. Like, did you see something in the road? Yeah, sorry. You know, because I sometimes can't discern whether it's real or not. 
I, and um, I mean, I'm worried, about a, I'm worried about a deer running out, and you're worried. And about I think that when yeah, I'm worried about a spirit spooking me, jumping out in front of me. Now, I think that when a spirit dies, it has a choice to cross over or not. And if it does cross over into the light, I do believe that the spirit, the great spirit of love, or people call it God, does not allow the negative human ish stuff to come with like all the negativity in the human is not allowed with the soul the soul goes into the next dimension and or heaven without you know pervertedness or jealousies or mental illnesses or diseases or anger or evilness all that is of the human nature and it's not allowed with the soul so the spirits that decide to stay here and they're stuck here maybe they miss their funeral they refuse to go into the light you might who knows? It might be a three-day moment after you die. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't died yet. And you, you, you don't cross over. Then you're stuck here in the humanness. You still have your jealousies, your addictions, your your angers, your unfinished agendas, and such. Your greed, mental illnesses, and things. So those those spirits that stay behind in this dimension with us, they become ghosts or earthbound spirits, and sometimes they're confused. They're confused. They're they're not sure what what day it is, what time it is, where they were. But do they do them for the most part from what you've encountered? Do though do they understand that they are ghosts and that they should have passed over, or do they just think that they're still alive in some sense of the word? And yeah, like you mentioned, do they do they ask me like they come up to me like I think. They know that I can see them because all of a sudden I'll notice them and they'll notice me noticing them. So then they, they come forward. Some of them do and some of them flee. Some of them don't want help. They have an agenda. But most of the time, they okay, so, so for example, I went to grandma's, this lady grandma's funeral out of respect to the family. And while I was there, the, the lady grandma whispered to me by the casket, she said, my money's in the garden. And I went, Oh, okay. Which, which one? And she said, all of them. She goes, they're in metal cans. I went, all right. So well, family asked me later, I says, yeah, grandma gave me a message. I told them what she said. Well, uh, six months later, I bumped into this chick at a bar it was a biker bar with a really good band. It was like a seventies band. And, um, she ran into her and she was all, Oh man, because of you, we found all these coins in the garden. We took a, you know, a metal detector and found all the money. And I'm like, and nobody called me for a reward. She goes, we found over $50,000 in silver oh, in the garden. Geez. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I Jeez. said, well, you better, you better play grandma. You better go tell grandma. You better go to the grave and tell her so she can rest now. Cause I bet she's still a ghost worried. She was like worried about that money. Cause yeah, no, cause grandma was kid, worried about that money. Ah, uh, cause because the, ki- the kids didn't know. Because the kids didn't know where it they was. They didn't know. But you think the bitch could have bought me a beer or anything? Like, <laughs> 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 so, you think she could offer me anything? Hey. Already. Hey, so, uh, Sonia, do uh, do these? Needless to say, I don't go to fu- I don't go to funerals and, and do that no more. But I could have taken. Hey, I could have researched where she was and where she oh, yeah. lived and. Yeah, you brought, got my own metal detector because I'm sure the house was for sale and everything else. But I'm not, I'm not greedy, and I'm not. I would never steal from the dead that way. That would be really bad juju. Lord. So I wouldn't do hey, that. Hey, listen, you just gave me an idea <laughs> for a gr- for a great movie. 
I mean, imagine you had that. Imagine you had that ability. Like I'm thinking, like a really dark character where the guy's just a miserable <laughs> person, and he knows, and he gets the ghost to tell him that stuff. And he goes uh, and digs up the money for himself, and then the grandma. So he's miserable because uh, then the grandma is in his ear for eternity, going, "Give, give that money back, you!" And he hey. can't. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, well, that's and, what a haunting is about. That's what a haunting is about. It better disgruntled spirit. Right. Yeah. That, and, that, so, and so this, and so this guy just lives his life <laughs> taking advantage of being able to talk to ghosts and ripping people off. And he just yeah. is torment, and he's just continually tormented, and and I'll, and I'll be the authentic psychic, psychic, the authentic psychics in the movie character. There, there you go, like, <laughs> so, and and call him out and say, you, you're, I know what you're doing. I know what you. Well, did. How do you know what I'm doing? Because all these ghosts are around you, and they're yelling at me to, to get, you know. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm yeah. making I'm taking notes right now. Everybody's there going. There he goes. He's that's got a terrible he's getting movie all excited. There <laughs> we go. That's a terrible movie idea. So I like the idea Sonya. of him being haunted. I like the idea of him being haunted, and then coming and get yeah. me to get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, hey, Sonia, have you ever ran yeah. into a situation where uh, the ghosts have? Uh, kind of like told you why they're there or do they like really don't know or was it something that maybe that was going on with them at the time of their death that they just couldn't cross over that then yes absolutely sure of course i mean i've got all kinds of stories to tell and i will tell you a story about a guy who loves sarah this is one of my ghost stories i'm actually going to write it i have the story written i just have to have it edited mm-hmm. manuscript will get finished someday but this family moved into this house and they kept experiencing this ghost that kept getting louder and louder. And pretty soon everybody was up into the bedroom together and they heard all the crashing and noises. And when they wake up in the morning, as soon as the sun would rise, but they would find nothing broken. It was just like the sounds of broken things. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon he would wake everybody up. They all huddled together. Pretty soon you could hear him screaming for Sarah. So they got a hold of me. I came over because the ghost was just getting worse and worse. And so I came over and it wasn't residual energy. It was a real spirit there. And he was looking for Sarah. And he told me that Sarah lived in the house. They'd gotten in a fight and he, he went out the door and down the street. He was mad, went too fast around the curve and crashed and died. Oh, so his spirit, wow. missed, his spirit missed the funeral. He came back to the house and he can't find her. And I'm like, well, Sarah doesn't live here anymore. And he's like, where is she? Where is she? Sarah, Sarah. But I didn't mean to, you know, he was trying to apologize to her. He was so frantic right. that he didn't realize that she had moved. So she had moved and we, we figured out where she had moved. I said, give me the address. And so this is where, she, this is where she is. And, you know, if you go there or if you actually, what I told him to do was to cross over into the light so he could hug her. I go, if you stay here on earth, you're just going to be haunting her. You got, you need to go cross over where you can go in her dreams and you can actually touch her and be near her. You don't want to scare her. So he crossed over and I gave him the address before he left. <laughs> I don't know if he found it, but <laughs> it was wow. symbolic of she's moved on and you yeah. need to cross over and you'll find her. Don't worry. Here's the address. It was symbolic, you know, Yeah, that's not that he had like some cosmic telephone book or something, you know, he was just. It was symbolic of you need to go. So stuff like that, they have agendas. They, they Sometimes they just don't want to leave because they still have that human need of um, I'm important and I have this agenda, you know. Yeah. They, 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 they haunt for a reason. That That's wild. Now, you could is that something you believe or have experienced that somebody then, once they cross over, 
can come back to somebody in their dreams? Absolutely. It's the only only presence I trust. If it's standing on the edge of your bed, unless they just died, and they're standing on the edge of the bed, I wouldn't trust it. Like, if you just died, I think that you can go and visit people just before you cross over. I think you can get a visit, like, at the edge of the bed. But if somebody's been dead for a long time, the, the, the best place is to maybe self-suggest that you're going to dream about them. As you start to fall asleep, self-suggest, oh, I'm going to dream about my mom. Oh, I'm going to see her in a dream. I'm going to see her. I'm going to talk with her. And it's, and it's a, a connection to them. They hear you talking about it. And so, yeah, they, they come to you in a dream. And you may not remember everything, but your soul will. You'll have that essence in the morning of just a touch of, yeah, I think I dreamed about my mom. You know, and so I think we can visit people. I, I know I've visited some of the dead and we've had weird dreams and strange dreams driving together and like a teenage, you know, recreating some of the fun we had as teenagers driving. And wow, stuff, that's, but, wild. that's wild. Yeah. That's, now I want to go, I want to go back to the whole driving down the road and the crossroads thing, because we kind of <laughs> just, we kind of just like glossed over that real quick and <laughs> yeah, that's a t- that's a p- one of my problems is I react to things on the road that nobody else sees. <laughs> I see things. Crossroads is very common for spirits. So they, you know, back in the day, they would bury a criminal or bury an evil person in the crossroads so that when their spirit rose, they would be uh, disoriented, not sure where they were. Hmm. Oh boy. Okay. All right. I did not. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, me neither. That's Jesus. interesting. So, yeah. well, I could tell so, you where somebody's buried in Chatham, Ohio. There is a, a I think his name was Frank. He was, um, yeah, they kind of like lynched him and <laughs> took his body over to the crossroads there and buried him. And he's on one of the, they, they don't know where, but on one of the corners of that crossroads there, he's buried. He, no, no cemetery would allow him to be buried there. So the family took him in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, they dug a grave. And then they put, like, they said they put, like, a because it was a crossroad, they had, like, firewood for sale. So they put a bunch of pallets down, put firewood over them on top of them so nobody saw the grave. Mm. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Buried in the crossroads. So now, and I'm not trying to be funny, but, yeah, I guess I am a little. <laughs> so when you pull up to the crossroad and a spirit jumps in, do they are they, like, Jumping in a taxi, saying, "Okay, take me to Fifth, you know, <laughs> Fifth Street and Vine, you know, Fifth and Vine." And I mean, what do they do? What do they do? They're trying to get in the car. Well, to actually travel. Well, I, I have to, I have to tell you, you actually have to stop and like open up the door and and let them come in. I mean, you have oh, to. So- if a ghost, a ghost just can't attach itself to just anybody. I mean, they can't just grab on like the end of your bumper and fly along. I've never seen them like hanging on to a car. I've always seen them going in a car. So I think if you're stopped at a crossroads, maybe got out of your car and left the door open, something might come in your car. But if just driving through, no, I don't, I don't, I think you're pretty safe. So what is the significant, what's the significance then of the crossroads for a spirit? It's, it's, well, it's, we're a ley line of energy and there's also above and below. You got your four directions and your above and below. And it can be, especially if you're buried there, I think it's, it's just a, uh, directional thing. They're, they're not, they're not human. They're, they don't have bodies and they don't require sleep. So sometimes if they're wandering, they come to a crossroad, they're confused. Mm. So they'll kind of hang around at a crossroad and maybe wait for other ghosts, wait for somebody to stop a car. <laughs> 
<laughs> One of the reasons I don't stop at crossroads and open my doors. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, listen. You sold. Hey, you sold me on the fact to not. Yeah. To not do that. You but, can look. At, I mean, you can look it up. There is lore's about what I'm talking about. They do. They would bury bad people at the crossroads just because nobody would let them in the cemeteries. They had to put them somewhere. Well, that wow. also yeah. makes me think about the credence of uh, when uh, the old blues singers and stuff supposedly sold their soul to the devil at the crossroads. Why was the devil uh, at the crossroads, you know? Yeah, there's something to do with lore, some symbolism, you know, the, yeah. of the directions and which way we're headed. And right. it's, a lay, it's a ley line of some type of of importance, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, interesting stuff. I've encountered a lot of different types of ghosts. I've come across suicidal ghosts. I've come across um, murdered spirits. Um, come across um, children spirits. Um, man, that was a that was a hard one. I, I do these ghost tours. You know, I I uh, take ghost walks. I take people on ghost walks. And by the way, my website is ghosttourswithpsychicsonia.com. And I escort people around the, the city. And there's this one intersection where the little boy had been told, like, you're not supposed to be riding your bike, you know. And he didn't listen. He was about eight years old. And he died in that intersection. And when he died, his spirit got up and ran towards the coffee house, which was a couple doors down because it had a lot of twinkly lights. Mm -hmm. And he was scared to go home. Now, he was not aware. I think he felt like he was, the shock hadn't set in about, I'm dead. He just like jumped off his bike and ran to the coffee house and ran in and was hiding. Thought he was in trouble and, as a as a kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. He thought he was in trouble, so he missed his funeral. So what I don't do is I don't tell people the name of that child. All I say is, and I'm not going to tell you what year it is. I say, well, it happened between the year 1900 and the year 2000. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. Exactly, because I don't want, I wouldn't want my relative, like somebody talking about my, it's just too soon. What are the chances of somebody being on the tour that's a relative? And here I am talking about this kid's ghost. Right. So I'm a little bit cautious about when I identify spirits. And he, I needed to go release him. He was um, stuck in that coffee house. All of a sudden, this coffee house gets haunted by the spirit of that child that got killed in the intersection there on his bike. Got run over wow. by a semi. It was real quick. Oh. Oh boy! <clears throat> and they only go thirty-five through there. It wasn't like he, you know, was speeding. It was it was a normal speed and everything. He just the kid didn't stop his bike, went right in front, crunched, poor thing. Wow! And my worst, my worst, worst ghost case. And if I offend anybody, I apologize. But it was about a pedophile. Um, and I, uh the the family is in counseling now because of what I told them that this, this ghost was bothering the children in the family, a 12 year old girl and a 10 year old boy. And it was like tugging at their pajamas, pulling on the covers, touching them inappropriately, leaving bruises in inappropriate places and, and just couldn't figure out what was going on. And finally the kids were getting attacked and jumped in their parents' bed. Well, the parents were like paralyzed, like almost pinned down and paralyzed and watched the children, watched the children be touched by something really, they were like frozen and they got the hell out of the house. And of course they call me over and this was a nasty, nasty ghost. And 
I didn't realize what the truth was until after I told them what he showed me. So they wanted to know who the ghost was. I innocently enough just said, well, he's standing here and he's got a, he's holding a soccer ball and he's got like what looks like a coach uniform on, like a striped, black and white striped. They all started screaming. Here it was their grandfather who they thought they were safe from. He was in prison for raping people, but they had let him out of prison because he was dying of cancer. So he went to a hospice home. Had he died inside that prison, he wouldn't have gotten out of the prison. Well, if you die in there and you choose not to cross over, you can't leave as a ghost. That's why prisons are so saturated. But he, they let him out. And so when he died in the hospice place, he came and haunted the family and started trying to molest the kids again. Oh my so gosh. this family was being molested by the grandfather who was a pedophile. And he showed me you know, like, who is this guy? And I errantly told them who he was. And I, sh- I probably should know, but they were like, Oh crap. My kids are getting raped by this ghost of my grandfather. Like, great. You know, they're all in counseling still this family. I keep in touch with them and they've been through a lot of counseling because they were basically being raped by their grandfather's ghost. And it was horrifying. It was just a, and thank God I was able to get rid of him. You know, thank my God. Well, how bad did he fight? I got rid of him. How how bad did he fight you? Oh, he didn't. He he didn't didn't fight fight No, he he recognized it was because when I called the ancestors, when I called the light, I, I, he he recognized that he was finally, you know, that he was dead. It's time to go. So even, even somebody like that. Okay. So somebody like that, who is that awful in. Yeah real life and then that awful still is a spirit still yeah. is going to the light and gets to go as a soul to heaven yeah and then there's judgment there oh then there's ju- okay yeah then there's, ju- and then there's okay. judgment yes we are all judged at once some of us are sleeping some of us think there's a judgment i don't know i mean i haven't i don't have like a direct telephone to god and ask him to interview him, what's going on. But my sense is, is that we, you know, we're all, there's always going to be a judgment all at once. And then some of us are going to make it and some of us aren't. And I think that there is such a thing as reincarnation that you get to go through your spiritual steps and attainments and atonements. And if you don't get it right, you get to maybe come back again, you know, and try to get it right until judgment comes. I think humans are allowed to come back and do it over and go over again because God's compassionate. Wow. So he allows us to keep coming back and trying to make sure we get our spiritual steps in. One lifetime we're poor, one lifetime we're rich, one lifetime we're decrepit, one lifetime we're beautiful, athletic, one lifetime true love, many kids, one lifetime no kids. Um, just different different aspects of being a human. Does your heart stay true to God? Are you still spiritual and still, you know, of God? I think that we all are judged by our heart and our works, but... The bad people, you know, I think I think they are the ones that actually have to come back and do it again. It's almost like, oh, great, I got to do it again. <laughs> like, oh, you know, boy. you screwed up. Like so, you have to like start over. So why did okay? So explain to me and Jason because he used to work in a prison, um, and our listeners, why if you die as a in real life in prison and you choose not mm-hmm. to cross over, how do you, why do you get stuck in prison? <laughs> Because I think that those kind of ghosts, those kind of people are not allowed to roam around the neighborhood or earth. If they die in a prison and they choose not to cross over, it's as if they're spiritual guards keeping them there till judgment. 
that they have to cross over into the light or they stay in that prison. They're not allowed to roam the neighborhood. You imagine if the ghost of Charles Manson got out or the ghost of Ted Bundy got out or John Wayne Gacy. What a nightmare if those kinds could walk around. Yeah, if they didn't. You know, yeah, like I, I think that there's so many. When I go to man, I've been to Mansfield Prison and I've been to Mounds Hill Prison. And they're saturated. There's so many. It's it's almost hard to count. They're just in there. There's so many in there. It's it's it. There must be a reason why they're detained there. They're not allowed to leave. That's what I'm told. They're not allowed to leave. They're still that's, imprisoned. That's that's very interesting because Jason and I have spent a lot of time in Mansfield Prison, and yeah. I know you, sometimes it feels really creepy in that joint. Oh yeah, you know, yes. and, yeah, and we're yeah. not. And that was another thing I wanted to ask is because, so is there an instance where are you, are you either able to see ghosts or not, or is there, or sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't, you know what I'm saying is, is there just a definitive, you either can or can't, or are you a person that maybe sometimes, but not all the time can experience that? (coughs) Pardon me. I, I would say it depends. Sometimes they hide from me and they won't show themselves to me. I've had them come up and just shove me in the back without me seeing them. I've heard them or felt them, but I didn't see them. Well, and sometimes well, when they want a con, like if they want contact, they will show themselves to me. They're not shy. I can describe them. I can have a conversation with them. It's not like sentences long. It's more of the interaction of I get this symbolism and I get words from them. And um, I can decipher that. It's not a conversation like we have. It's too many words. They they communicate very simply. Well, what? I, okay, so I guess what I was really what I really am asking is is like it for me. Okay, mm-hmm. I I have seen a at the post office. I saw a little girl. Okay. Oh, okay. Who who turned out not to be there. Okay, but to me, I saw her as a, it was a little girl who, as I walked back into the post office with three or four other people in there, she nodded, she smiled at me and nodded. And when I went to ask, you know, what happened? Because I thought it was the supervisor's daughter. I'm like, where's your daughter? And she goes, there's there's nobody here. And the girl, and this girl was literally two feet from her. Okay. At her, like she was sitting at her desk. Now, I saw that plain as day. I, if I hadn't asked and I would have just left and not said anything, I would have thought there was a little girl there. Okay. Now right. my ex-wife and I had a business in a old Victorian, I guess big, you know, it was a big house. We had a business as an antique antique shop and it was a doctor's office. Now yeah. my ex-wife, my ex-mother-in-law saw it, the ghost of a little girl running uh-huh. around in the basement I was there when our dog saw something walking up the stairs and stuff, but I never saw anything. I never saw that in that place. Mm -hmm. So why is it, why is it that one place I saw something (laughs) in another place where many people saw, I, I didn't see. I mean, I mean, who really knows? I mean, maybe it was the phase of the moon. Maybe it was the twilight was weird. Who knows what, maybe it was a time of day. Maybe it was just a vibration thing, something going on. I don't know why we can see them sometimes and not others. Why, why were we in the cemetery and only seven people out of 20 saw that apparition? 
Nobody yeah. else could see it. We were all we were all reacting to it. Oh my god! Oh my god! There it goes! There it is! And we, you know, the other people were frustrated because they did not see it. So I, it's a really hard question. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know I the know, answer. Well, and and that's the, a good it, question. It, that's a good one. <laughs> and, and and there was another time when I I saw somebody walk into a bathroom in a busy restaurant in Besires that I uh, go, and I walked into the bathroom and there was nobody there. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Right. So possibly spirits are trying to get your attention to see if you can see them. It's kind of like just testing you out in, lo- in well, a location. They're just trying to see who they're, they're just, they mess with you a little bit. They're trying to see who can see them. They get a reaction out of people. So but they, I wouldn't they, have, they but I wouldn't them. have known. Like, but that my point is though, is like that little girl, if I hadn't asked, I didn't just thought it was a person there. If, oh, I, hadn't exactly. walked, if I hadn't walked into the bathroom I would have never known there was anybody in there. Exactly. Interesting stuff, right? I do believe in spirits because I I deal with them. And and it's a weird gift that I have, but I do have a responsibility to help people because a lot of people that are scared. I mean, they get stuff that starts fires or throws knives. I got a video of that house in Parma where it threw a knife across across the room. The video took, I mean, something picked it up off the counter. You couldn't see what picked it up, but it threw it. People are not sophisticated enough to do that. (laughs) yeah 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 you're right you know and um some of the evidence we'd had it's just so people are scared and so yeah it's my responsibility to come over there's a lot of people who claim they know what to do and they come and pray in people's houses and do their juju and get their hibachis out and do all that but um there's only a handful in ohio that are really legitimate well-known respected vanishers and i'm one of them so, so I'm how very does, busy. <laughs> so, um, God, we could talk about spirits forever. Yeah. I, I yeah I'm, I'm definitely, um, <laughs> blessed to be able to see spirits and know spirits. People want me to come to the funerals all the time. And, um, I, I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. I've got a busy life. I, I, I can't just all the time drop what I'm doing to funerals. So I just tell people, you know, I, sorry, I can't come to funerals. It's too oh, much. Gosh. It drains well, on I, me too because sometimes people can be really creepy, really creepy. You mean the living or the dead? Which which are the you dead. talking about? The, the dead. dead. So, okay. So before we get into um, some of your Bigfoot stuff, what is the ah uh, gosh? Give me give us one or two of your really creepiest <laughs> experiences in dealing with somebody that hadn't crossed over. Would have it crossed over? Well, well, like, like a, a ghost. ghost? Like a, yeah, like a, yeah, a ghost. Like like you're creepy. Like what are a couple that just were like, oh, come on, man. You didn't really, you know, come on, leave me alone. Or the, like um, what's well, really uh, been unsettled. Okay, so this is something that actually could back up with a book. Um, Will, Will I think his last name was Cresci, wrote oh, a book yeah. called Haunt. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, well, well. Will, uh, Will wrote a book. I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it only because it is the creepiest thing that ever happened to me. He'll get over I've it. Been, I've been going to the Franklin Castle for a long time, and I used to provoke heavily in front of the house, and then I realized that it really upset the new owner. They had, like, a new owner. Um, I only did it because I hated the old owner. But the new <laughs> owner came in, and then I quit provoking, and I quit doing that because I thought it was disrespectful because I stopped there with my ghost tours. 
And there's this spirit, there's, they call her the woman in black. And she's been seen, we've got photographs of her. And she finally, when I quit croaking, she came to me and she said what her name was. And I'm not going to tell you her name because I don't want anybody to have power over her. But um, I then told Will, I go, this is her name. And he said, no, there's nobody. I've researched this whole house. I go, I'm telling you. She said she lived down the street. She came over here to take care of the children. She lived down the street. She's related somehow to this house. And no, 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 no. So I did this ghost investigation at the, at the Franklin Castle. And I'm not allowed to talk about what happened there. But afterwards, I bought the book, and I came home, and I'm real excited, and I flipped through the book, and in the middle of the book, the first page I opened up, there's a woman in black, and there's her name, and she was the the sister of Hans Tiedermann that lived here. So I called Will in the middle of the night, like four in the morning, because <laughs> he said he was up late. I go, Will, Will, I think I just found the, I go, I found the evidence while I was talking about this, this lady's been telling me, like, who she is. And I finally figured out her name and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to sleep. And I, <laughs> I'm just blown away. I'm just blown away that I, she's been telling me all these years. And I finally figured out who she was and all she wanted was acknowledgement. And, and then I reminded her that, you know, the new owners are wonderful people. They're not doing witchcraft or anything. There's no bones hidden. I tried to tell her that nobody's killing anybody here. There's no, you know, Nothing crazy going on. They're renovating. They're fixing it up beautiful. Like she was like really happy to hear that, but she was uh, confused about what was going on in the house. She's I think she, she didn't understand what the renovations were do what they were doing. But um, I it was just a real creepy thing, and it's just one of my life things that like wow I figured out who she was. Like I finally figured out, but she doesn't want to leave. She's not leaving that castle. There's a couple of other spirits in there that need to also leave and go with her. She's not but, leaving because there's other ones there, she said. And so that's somebody that, you know, you've had a conversation with and she understands and she's just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not going. Right. Because there's others that she don't want to leave behind. Wow. She's not. There's others that need to. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I do know that the house has a wonderful vibe now. There's not creepy people living in there anymore. Um, it's, it's, it's all good. And I apologize to the current owner. She doesn't like me too much. She caught me provoking, but that was at the moment, that was at the time I didn't know it sold. And she was, it was just somebody new there. And I thought it was still that creepy guy that was there, but, um, <laughs> no, we're not talking <laughs> about Will just so everybody knows. No, not at all. He, I'm talking about he, the old owners. He, he is a creepy, owners. Will is a creepy guy in some aspects, but and, not in this story. Not in this story. No, he's creepy in a good way. And you know what? I don't like, and I will say on the record, I don't like how Ghost Adventures did him. I don't I, like how they did. I yes. didn't, I did not agree with half of this shit that they said or presented. And I think Will was not happy either. But it, yeah, we, like, he was, yeah, he was on the he was on our he was on the show with us. And yeah. uh I think he discussed that. I I right Jason? Didn't he discuss yeah. that? Yeah he yeah. did. He, he was not yeah. pleased at all on how they treated him. <laughs> yeah. So that that house has been in part of my existence since I was fifteen. I stole my mom's car when I was fifteen and I skipped school. And I went down there with a tape recorder, like a cassette tape recorder. And I got my very first EVP of a child screaming. 
and it wasn't anybody around. It was like in a cold October day, all the windows were shut. Nobody was around on the streets. And I got a EVP of a child crying and screaming. You know, I and I've been hunting. I've been going there my whole life, going there and visiting out front. And that's when I had that experience with that ghost. It, it was just my, like my mind blowing moment of my life. I remember being 15 and being excited when I got a Kirby Puckett rookie card. Um, at, a, <laughs> at a baseball card show, and you're like going and getting EVPs, and I and I'm getting baseball. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't. And I was like the original ghost hunter in Ohio here. I'm from Parma. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so let's. So, gosh, in in more we'll, and at the end of the at the end of the show, we'll let you know tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and stuff like that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll let them do that. But especially if, especially if you have a ghost problem, I can remote view. Ooh, geez. I can, oh. I can look in and tell you what's going on. Oh boy. Well, well yeah, like one it. of you guys is half, like one of you guys is half naked. I just can't decide which one is. <laughs> well, you better <laughs> listen. I just better hope it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Cause neither half is pleasant. Come on, Jason. Fess up. Well, I was a little under the weather. <laughs> you got I'll no shirt on. Am way. I right? Uh, Are you got no shirt on? Are you yeah, in your shorts? Yep, yep. And, and oh, shorts also. Are you, yeah. Are you almost naked? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty, I can run outside and, and not please, have to worry about it. Please don't anything. take your shorts. Well, don't take your shorts off because I can remote view. So, like, uh, okay. stay half partly closed. <laughs> I, I, I'll just slide under my desk here a little bit. Oh, <laughs> hey, and I just want to and everybody that's listening right, everybody that's listening right now, we're not doing this. We're not doing this over. We are doing it over Skype, but there's no video involved. However, no, I don't see nothing. However, if she, if you're listening, I'm just guessing she can remote view through the podcast and see what you're doing right now. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, just, just throwing give, it out. Just give our, our loyal listening audience something to think about. Uh, yeah, half of them are picking their nose, and and uh, let's see. And I'll bet, like, uh, I'll bet, I'll bet, old happy. He and he knows who who we're referring to, but old Happy knows he's probably drinking a beer right now, even if it is nine o'clock in the morning down in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Yeah. <laughs> He'll like that. Well, let's so let's talk some Bigfoot. Let's talk oh, some Bigfoot, Bigfoot, my because... favorite subject besides horses and men. <laughs> well, listen, we don't have time for horses and men. Okay. That may be another whole podcast. Um, All right. So, so how, because, um, and we'll get to it at the end of this. This is, I mean, Bigfoot is what brought me and you together, Sonia. I mean, this is, I know kind of our, we're having a little, we're having a little, you're like one of my Bigfoot husbands now. I feel like, it. Yes, <laughs> yes, I feel like, it. um, so, we check in with each other and we call it and talk and, and yeah. Uh, and we, we, we have Daniel Perez to thank for that. He's kind of like the Chuck yeah. Woolery. He's the Chuck Woolery in this, um, relationship yes. but uh so how did you get how, okay how do you go from ghosts to bigfoot do you just like i gotta take a break from ghosts i'm gonna go out in the <laughs> woods where there's nothing really crazy going on and and um i mean how do you get into that well it started with in search of with leonard nimoy you know <laughs> right. oh, with, yes that was all that stuff be, on tv and he seems to and be then the when i was crack as far as that, he's like, the yeah, I mean, you know, and then I think I remember when, um, the Patterson film came out, I think it 
later on in the years was on some uh, reel. Like we would go to the movies and there would be like these big this news reel before the movies and it showed the Patterson film, Patty walking, and it impressed the heck out of me. But I, I my first encounter was when I was in 15 when I went to a horse camp in Mohican Wilderness in Ohio. That's um, near Loudonville, Ohio. It's a hot spot there, by the way. And I had an encounter and I got my first footprints and we had an encounter there. So ever since then, I've been really interested in the Bigfoot phenomena. And I, I do a lot of um, camping and hiking. I have horses. I, I've got my GoPro and my, you know, my uh, horses to take out. I'm going Gimlin style, you know, and I'm looking for evidence of things. I'd love to get another video eventually, but um, I've been out, I've been doing this since what, I was a little kid. I love it. I'm just like any other Bigfoot nerd. I I eat up anything Bigfoot. I love it. So I've gone to all the meetings, all the conferences. I'm involved with the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, and I just love it. So so tell us about your first experience, like the, your first sighting. Well, my first sighting uh, was in 2004, and for life of me, I can't remember what the date was, but it was the first Thursday in October of 2004. I should, I just never went back and looked at the calendar, but it was uh, f- uh, about four in the morning, and it was on the side of the road. And I thought it was a deer. I thought it was a deer waiting for me, and it had red glowing eyes. And the interesting part of my encounter was that I was um, – crying. I was emotionally vomiting all over the car. The man I was dating and in love with, I just found out was living with his ex-wife still. And it crushed me because I don't, I don't mess around with married men or go out with other people's men. You know, I, I want, I want a single man, you know, and wasting my time. And I was just all upset. How could I not know? And I'm just crying CJ's, on the way home. And, CJ's and found I think a way. She I, found a way to work in a story about a man, even though we said we didn't have time for it. You see it. Well, I had, it's, part of, it's part of uh, my encounter because I was emotionally vomiting and this thing felt me. I think it felt me. It came to the side of the road oh. to see what was going on. Okay. It was looking down the road at me. It was watching me come down the road. It wasn't turned sideways and in movement. It was standing there waiting for me to, it was like looking at me. It was facing me. And I thought at first it was a deer getting ready to jump out. And I realized it had big red eyes and was very tall. And I pulled the car to a stop because I thought it was going to jump out in front of the car. It was no more, no less than 20 feet from me. And it turned. And in the headlights, I could see. Um, it, it turned and I saw the leg go up, the arm go up. And it had what looked like Irish setter type fur, like stringy hairs coming off his arms and legs. And it just bolted through that field so fast and it it reached the crest of the hill like in seconds and turned around and looked at me again because I had gotten out of the car and was watching it. And it, it was real dark, but it was huge. It, we went back the next day, and it had to be measured seven foot. Um, that night, that night when I got home, I called everybody. Rusty piled. I called Mark DeWorth. I called Don Keating. I called Paul Mitchell. I called everybody in my book. I called every single person. I think I called Jeff Weingart. I called <laughs> I called everybody to tell them that I saw it. And the next day we went out with Paul Mitchell and his father and we went and knocked in the guy's house. It was a farmhouse. And I said, I saw something cross through your field. I would like, you know, I think it might've been a Sasquatch. I was wondering if I could go check for tracks. And he said, leave those things alone and get off my property. 
Mm. And wow. so I never went back, but we couldn't go back and um, cast anything or do anything. But it was my very first sighting in 2004, less than four miles from my house. I live in Overland, Ohio, less than four miles from my house. By so the way, Jason, Jason, do you know what where she lives pretty close to then? What, in Overland, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the campground that uh, the we camp went to ground. with uh, David Hensley. Yeah. 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 I remember I used to have a farmhouse over there on Old Overland Elyria Road. Okay, so, so Overland Elyria from... Road is my is my street. Oh, it is. That's where I live. Yeah. Yeah. I used I used to live on that street. Maybe then okay, we've cleared it up. Maybe you saw Jason again <laughs> with his shirt off <laughs> and he was just standing by the road. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, after I had that sighting, guys, I was kept saying over and over, they're real. They're real. It's not a joke. It's real. It's real. I kept thinking to myself like over and over and over, this is this is not this is not an elemental. This is not a ghost of something. This is not an alien. This was the vibration of a flesh and blood creature of the earth. It was, it was definitely fresh flesh and blood, big boy, red so and you brown. Did, so you got to, so, okay. So the people that like, so you said he, you felt like he or she or whatever it was like, felt you so there's yeah. a advanced spirituality to it then that sort of like what you have you know like well there's maybe something... maybe they have um what do they call that radar that sonic what do they have it uh, you call it like what a tiger has or what a bat has what do they call that uh, oh, sonar I... oh it's on the tip of my tongue not sonic radar it's uh in not infraradar it's uh infrasound Okay. Maybe no, they have something, okay. <clears throat> something where they can put out, you know, I, I, uh, something, something. Say, he, felt, he was standing on the side of the road. He felt my energy, felt me. I was really upset. I was really crying and blasting it out. Maybe because I'm a psychic, I was just sending out the vibration of, I was just getting it all uh, out. There you go. And it felt me. And Why else would it be standing at the side of the road waiting for me? It was just really interesting. It was waiting for me. And I will tell you that at that intersection there is where parts of the Black River come. And oftentimes that floods and you'll find fish stranded there. And so it's right. common to find, you know, raccoons and opossums and other animals there. So it could have been there after the critters. So, so in other words, because a lot of people do claim that they've experienced the infrasound when they yeah. encounter a cess. So in other words, yeah. in the woods, they're the big man on the so-called psychic totem pole. And then you come screaming through the woods in your car, <laughs> building out yeah. like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you're a rock star, like ah, I'm upset and, and it's going and it's like, wait a second, what's going, you know, either this is a hot Bigfoot chick of a female coming <laughs> through upset that I'm going to go talk to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm saying it in a kind of a humorous way, but really did it, maybe it came down thinking, okay, this is the, I can sense this is a female. Uh, there's nothing else that I know of that gives off this kind of vibe. I'm going to come down and check it out. And then it sees it's just a regular human in a car. And it's like, ah, crap. You know, probably well, maybe you're projecting. I mean, I don't know what you're projecting or what that, what that theory would be or what you're basing that on, but I just think he just felt me. 
Yeah. Well, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Whether he thought I was a Bigfoot or not, I think he just was curious what was going on that maybe he's never felt a human do that or didn't know what I was doing. Right. That's what I, that's That's along the lines I was thinking. That's what I just, hey, that's what I just said. Mm. Oh, you said maybe it was a female Sasquatch screaming coming. Wow. Well, what I'm saying is, is, is he is out in the woods. The Bigfoot or Sasquatch only experiences other Bigfoot or Sasquatch with that ability. Oh, no, I think part. they can feel other animals, too. Oh, you think, think other animals? Or... Other animal, like a tiger would send out that vibration or, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't tell, me, don't tell me there's a tiger out in northeast Ohio in the woods. No. no. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's what's... But that's what I'm saying is it maybe maybe this thing was only used to other Sasquatches and what he heard or felt he thought was another Sasquatch gets to the edge of the road and discovers, oh, it's just a human. Well, these Ohio Bigfoots, these Ohio Bigfoots are definitely habituated to our presence Mm there. These are not like the Pacific Northwest Bigfoots. The Ohio Bigfoots live among us. They, They can be found very close to homesteads. Yep. And coming in and, and raiding gardens and and trying to scare off picnickers and trying to grab their food and they've been I've had I've had a lot of reports I've done a lot of reports because people know that I'm interested in Bigfoot so I get my own calls people calling me that know me that know I'm interested so I'm not I'm not hooked up with the BFRO or the ABBCs or anybody of Bigfoot I'm just myself I'm just a, a, my own researcher I do my own thing. So what is um, so? What was your other what was your other uh, uh, sighting that you had? The other sighting that I had actually uh, finding Bigfoot interviewed for me, and I almost got on the show with it, but they they took the guy from the Bohegan Castle instead, the Randall's Castle uh, instead. I do um, remember um, that. I, I, was, I remember that I was story. Hiking, yeah, I was hiking with three other people down in, near the Mohegan Dam. And the three people, the the girl, I can't name their names, they'll get mad, but um, the girl was kind of ahead of me. The two men were kind of hiking way ahead of us, and there's these cliffs. Now, what I noticed before the encounter was that there was these people that had two a two-year-old and like a three-year-old that were kind of like running around and being loud. And, and I had the impression of like, well, what if they fell down into one of these crevices or fell into these cliffs? Because these are very hilly, really steep 90 degree cliffs in this dam area. And so maybe the Bigfoot was attracted to the sound of those kids making a lot of noise, but the Bigfoot came over to the edge there. Well, where we were walking, there's a very big, steep drop to the left and a rock wall to the right. And normal people would just walk through there, but I get vertigo. So I had to face the rock wall so I would not see down into that cliff area because I get vertigo and I'd have to crawl out of there, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm facing the cliff, cliff wall, and to get my bearings, I'm looking up at the sky so I can find my way across this this little path here. And I look up, and there's a damn Bigfoot looking down at me on this rock ledge, maybe 20 feet from me, maybe 25 feet from me. I the measure I haven't done perfect measurements, but it was look it was a juvenile, and it was looking down. It was crouched down like it had its arms. Like it was bracing itself with its arms and it was leaning down over looking at me and its hair on its face hung. It had no hair on its nose and it's like right under its eyes, had a very prominent brow ridge. Like it, like it, and it, and it made a distinct, Oh, 
like its lips went, oh, like I surprised it. It had big muscles in its shoulders. It did not have a pointy head. It was a juvenile. It was smaller. And I remember the hair hanging down, and this one was like a reddish color. Um, and I turned and looked at the girl, and I said, I think I just saw a tree stump. I just saw a tree stump. Oh, my God, I just saw a tree stump. Why do I keep saying tree stump? And we both, she comes running over, and we look up, and it was gone. And then we heard it running. It was like boom, 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 running on the ridge above us, which was a big 90-degree cliff. As I said, I was trying to skirt past there carefully. It did not expect me to be looking up. The two men that were ahead of us turned around and came back for us and said, did you guys hear that thing running? Did you hear something running? We think that was something that was up there running. And then she's like, Sonia just saw it. And then I said, I think I just saw a tree stump. I I, it wants me to think I saw a tree stump. Mm-hmm. And wow. um, the rest of the day, I kept questioning <laughs> myself. Did I see a tree stump? But there was nothing growing. It was just a big rock ledge. There was nothing growing on that ledge. There was no tree stump there. So it was like and in your head, tree- in your head, like like messing with you, trying to make you. Yeah, think- like it wanted me to think that I saw a tree stump. Wow, that's okay. That's crazy. So the other three didn't see it, but they heard it running. And they did see the expression on my face and the bumbling little tree stump, little tree stump. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why do I keep saying tree stump? I saw, I saw Sasquatch just now. It was looking down at me and not expecting me to look up. But I think it was very attracted to those kids because it's very dangerous back there. Why would somebody let their little kids run around back there? You know, wow. very dangerous. Well, well, before we, okay, so before we get into the story that brought us together. I want to ask you something then. (laughs) Yeah. So do you, what what do you, you know, what do you think Bigfoot is? Is it just an animal or is it got some more human in it than what you we'd like to think to where it's make, you know, it's doing stuff like trying to make you think it looks like a tree stump or, you know, well, I, I'll tell you what I don't think it is. I don't think it's a damn alien. I've never seen one come out of a ship. I don't think, I don't believe in the woo. I don't believe it's interdimensional because the only way you're getting out of the dimension, this dimension is through death. Nothing physical can come through a portal and you have to be a spirit to come through like a portal. Okay. You're not getting through here. It's not one of those. I believe, you know, I've been through all these conferences and listened to all these so-called experts and watched all the shows and read every book you see my library I think it's a relic hominid. I think it's a tribe. I think it's a, a, a wild man. I don't think it's an ape. I think it's too smart to be an ape. I think it's a man. It's got man-like feet and man-like hands, man-like mm-hmm. face. Yeah, I agree. You yeah, know? I, you know, what little I know, okay, I, I'm right And I hate to it. say it, but I think these dogmen are like handicapped Bigfoots. They're like mean and nasty, and <laughs> I don't believe that dogmen – I think dogmen is a whole different, complete different species. And that if there's dogmen in an area, there's not Bigfoots there. They're not going to live in the same area. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that because the dogmen are probably going to be much more territorial. And the Bigfoots are well, territorial I, also, and they just can't risk that kind of conflict. The dogmen remind me of werewolves or shapeshifters. or I've never seen one, so I don't know. I have no idea. I know I've seen a Bigfoot. I've seen him, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I know I've seen him and it, I didn't believe in it. And I didn't really believe until I saw it because I kept thinking, well, these tracks could have been faked. 
you know, or, you know, people throwing rocks at me or people throwing stuff at me. Oh, somebody could have been hiding in the woods and talk, or there could have been a squirrel throwing something at me, you know, or I heard something rolling down the hill. That could have been a bear doing that. You know, I hear howls and I hear this and that. Well, that could have been an elk or a cow with a cough or cold, you know, like I always, I didn't really believe until I saw it. Yeah. There was always an explanation of what it could have been. So my follow-up then is Uh what happens when you're out in the woods and you come across a Bigfoot spirit that did not cross over since. Ah, there's a good one. Well, I mean, did anybody read, did anybody read Tom Powell's book? Any of Tom Powell's books? No, no, I did not. Okay. Uh, Sounds like we're missing out on something. Sorry about a ghost in there. Oh, okay. A, a Bigfoot you ghost? You guys read that, and but he he has a small chapter about Bigfoot ghosts, and I was actually part of that story, but he didn't include my part in that story. Um, I know somebody who disturbed, disturbed a Bigfoot grave, and he was haunted by it. Oh, my. Yes, and this happened in 1995, and I'll never forget it. And they made me trek all the way in the middle of nowhere. It was like the longest hike I've ever had. I'm an older woman, you know, and middle of summer with heart disease and everything else i'm like trekking through this big swamp and getting there it took I mean, it took like all day to get there <laughs> no complaining but wow it was in the middle of nowhere literally and it, they disturbed this big carn it was a huge carn of rocks and it wasn't like at the edge of a farmer's field or some weird foundation that they, it was part of a park in the middle of this park system where all this land had been set aside and they started digging up these rocks well then there was a haunting and this Bigfoot spirit was ta- tormenting him. So I had to go and they said, well, can you come do your juju or come seal the grave or do the, fun- the funeral graves and come say we're sorry. So we came and did tobacco ceremony and then I planted some corn and I did this this whole sealing back of it, like what you do with a disturbed grave. You would come back and make it all better and put a Band-Aid on it and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please don't haunt us. You know, and then it all ended. It was all good. But, um, yeah, I think I, if it's real, there's a there could be a possible grave of something down there. I don't know what's down there, but supposedly a Bigfoot. But, yeah, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see the body. I just saw the big pile of rocks. And um, my friend you know, was what, haunted by this thing. And it wasn't an instance where you, like, had contact with the spirit or anything. No, just... I, I I will not claim that I've come across a Bigfoot ghost. Okay. I just know okay. that I was involved with somebody who had a grave. They disturbed what possibly could have been a grave, an alleged grave. And I had to come help him because he was having um, nightmares and visitations by a Bigfoot ghost. And he was told to go put it all back. <laughs> wow. Put it all back the way he found it. <laughs> and to put, so we had to do like, so I know some ceremonies when you disturb a grave, I know some ceremonies to do. I'm kind of like a chaos, chaos magician. They talk about that sometimes in the ghost shows. I'm so it's another label. People have also said that I'm like a chaos magician. I can put back what was, what was messed up, what was screwed up, you know, Wow. Like people do weird things in a house with a Ouija board or they do things and I can, I can fix it back up. If there's been black magic done somewhere, I can undo it. Um, there's been a grave that's been disturbed. I know how to fix it. That kind of thing. Mm, good. So that's why I got involved. 
Wow, that's uh, how we met. This conversation, we were going to talk about how we met. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so I I go to these Bigfoot meetings, and um, I met this guy named Mark Vasitis at a Bigfoot meeting in Newcomer's Town when Don Keating had his meetings at the the, the hotel there. And I'm pretty regular, you know, since the late 90s going to see Don's meetings, and then eventually it ended up being uh, – Mark DeWorth uh, took over the conferences and I would always bump into this Mark beside us and we would talk and he could talk your ear off too. He was, if you would listen, he would tell you about all his encounters and um, Mark would not be involved with groups. Like he didn't join the BFRO or any of the other groups. He just would show up at the meetings and so I'd bump into him. And um, so he got to know me and what happened was, is Mark had had gotten a call from a park system who was looking for a Bigfoot researcher and somehow his name came up in the internet that he lived nearby and they wanted him to come in and maybe do some so-called wildlife studies because they think they had a Bigfoot problem in the park, but they're not allowed to talk about it. So they called it a wildlife problem. So they gave him a permission slip to be in the park after dark. And I did see that permission slip. He showed it to me and it looked legitimate. And why he was there was that there was several people complained that a Bigfoot chased them out of the park. And the guy that cuts the grass and the riding lawnmower also was, was, you know, harassed by a Bigfoot. He had to jump off the lawnmower and run. And several people had complained. So they asked Mark Vesitis, would you go in? So he got a camera and he set it up. And lo and behold, he got a video of a Bigfoot. And actually got a bit of two Bigfoots. One was looked like Sonic the Hedgehog, and the other was an adult that walked right towards the camera, right past it. I saw the foot and everything, the whole thing. And the reason why he called me about the video was he goes, he knew that I had been doing this really bad B movie with Pat Holbrook, and the big the Bigfoot movie was called One Step Beyond Reality, the Bigfoot movie. And that's what it was. And I got to be in that part of that movie. So he knew I was currently working with this producer and um, cameraman and people and all this. So he wondered if anybody had any recording equipment because he had a, some, a video of a Bigfoot he wanted to preserve. And he wondered, I was like, what? He goes, can you come out and help me? Can you come check this out? So I took my friend Coyote with me because um, I don't go to strange men's house by myself. I know better. And he took us out to, to Hell's Hollow and showed us around and showed us the paper and told us the story. And we found 17-inch tracks that were four foot apart. I remember, I, I don't have the notes in front of me, but I remember they were about four foot apart, 17-inch tracks that led to a um, drop in a cliff. There was a tree there that looked like it had been regularly hung or something rubbed against it. I collected a hair collected a can that had weird squared teeth marks on it. Um, and then he showed us where he set up the camera, which was on a little mound of dirt next to a dirt uh, a trail. So with this evidence that I collected, um, we went off to his house and at his house, he set up, he had this, we saw it through the viewfinder, the, the camera, it was a little recorder, you know, and the first thing that I see, it looks like Sonic the Hedgehog running from the right side of the screen to the left. And it went so fast, I can't decide whether it was on two feet or, or four feet, but it was short. It was about the same height as the foliage, and it had its face tipped up. And out behind it streamed its hair. It looked like spiky hair 
like as it ran, as it ran, it had its face up in the air and it looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. It was so fast. And then all you see is just the foliage shaking as because this thing just went past the foliage, everything's shaking. And all of a sudden you see on the trail, this Bigfoot walking towards the camera, looking past the camera. What was past the camera was a little picnic area that had garbage cans. So I think it was intent on looking past to see if that little one maybe got there first or maybe there was others over there, but it was real intent on what was past the camera. It never looked down. It never noticed the camera. It walked right past it, almost stepped on it. And I saw it like very clearly. It had a pronounced brow ridge. Eyes were deep set. Um, it, it, it had very, very point, like strong shoulders. You can see all the muscle definition. There was no pointy head. And it, it was just ripped. It was the muscles were ripped, and you could just see hair, the outline of hair on the body. And that was a really tiny little camera. It was like green, like an infrared green, like an infragreen screen. And it was small, maybe you know, like a three-inch viewfinder. It was tiny, but I couldn't believe it. And then I showed showed Coyote. We both saw it a couple times, and he goes, "Now what do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, we got to take this to Dodd's camera or." take it to drug mart or somewhere and don't leave, stand right there while they process it, you know, take this right off and put it or go to a computer place or somewhere. And apparently he did not. He told me that he had the other guys at the trailer park. They borrowed VCRs and other cameras and they poked them all up and it erased it. He said, Oh, jeez. Oh, man. And the hair that I collected, the hair that I collected and the can that I collected, which, by the way, I do have a, a, a Bigfoot DNA kit with sterile tweezers and sterile gloves and sterile Ziplocs and it's all sterile stuff, you know, mm -hmm. to for evidence collecting. And I collected that hair, which had no cut end, and it had like a, like a bulb at the bottom, you know, like a root end, and it had no cut at the other end. It was a, a whole intact hair. And the can, and I took it to the Bigfoot conference in 2006, and uh, presented it to Esteban, who didn't really take care of it. And he set it on the table, and the somebody threw it away, or the cleaning lady threw it away. It, it, it was just lost evidence. Oh, wow! <laughs> and, and and you know, I, and so that's been an interesting. So that story was. One that was almost unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was it almost unbelievable. unbelievable. When I, because, you know, our our mutual friend, Daniel Perez, heard you, mm -hmm. you know, heard that story at this year's uh, Bigfoot conference and wrote about mm -hmm. it. And that's kind of what yeah. led us to get, because I'm, a, you know, I get the Bigfoot, I get Bigfoot news. You know, I get, yeah. the, I get the newsletter and I read it. And I'm like, wait a second. I've never heard of this guy. And so the search yeah. was on to, to find Mark. And, and, and so after this episode airs, we're going to air an episode that we had with Mark and we, yeah. and, and just like you said, he, once he gets telling the stories, there's no stopping him. And I think everybody yeah, you have to be to you have to be patient with him. Yeah. Be patient with him. And, and, um, I don't really, I could say that I don't really know him. I'm just acquainted with him. So me and coyote see this video and we're blown away. We, we were just, wow. It was better than the Patterson film. 
it walked right up to the camera, walked right past it. There was a little dirt mound next to the game trail there. And the foliage in June was not completely dense and filled up by the first week of June there. It, it wasn't completely grown up all the way like you would think. So it, it, you could see it. It had a clear path. It was a very clear. It's just sickening that he lost it. Oh, he, boy. he wasn't patient. The guys, you know, guys, they don't, he wasn't patient. I, my suggestion to him was, you know, uh, he didn't really want you to take it to Pat Holbrook. <laughs> don't th- I didn't think he was the right person at the time to share it with. I was thinking there was other people that were better than him. Like, you know, I was suggesting Meldrum or, you know, anybody, anybody other than a TV producer or, you know, a film producer. No offense to you guys, but at the time, in 2004, I didn't really know anybody. At 2004, <laughs> 2005, I didn't know anybody, yeah. you know. Who did I know? I was just getting into 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 all this, getting to know everybody. But Mark is, um, uh, what the strange thing was, is after we saw that video, he disappeared. Mark Vesitis disappeared. He was gone. No more phone. He wouldn't answer the phone calls. He actually up and moved. Um, we had like this whole conspiracy theory going on that the government got a hold of him and, and you know, they, they got a hold of him and he's dead or he's confined to Gu- Guantanamo or who knows. <laughs> but um, he just he just laid low once. I, I think he's typical of some people who get the evidence. They got their evidence and now they go quiet. And I think that's what happened to him. It blew his mind. He went quiet. Well, and he, and and we did find out that you know he had some personal um, he had some personal stuff go on that kind of took his mm-hmm. focus away from from Bigfooting, which you know, and and I can we could tell from talking to him he got he's consumed by it, you know. Now that yeah. he's back, now that he's back into it, he's consumed by it. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm I definitely going to hang out with him. I I did get a chance to talk to him briefly, but he said he was somewhere and he didn't have any much minutes left. But I've been having a texting conversation with him, and you got to understand I'm busy in my life and. I have to try to make time to talk to him because between what I've got to do and my horses and my work and all the things that I have to do, I'm like still working, you know, and he's not. So <laughs> I have to find time to go big footing. Unfortunately, I have to plan it, but I, I plan on um, getting together with him and go visit, revisit Hell's Hollow. And of course, bring a friend with me. Um, not just a sidearm. I mean, like bring somebody else with me. <laughs> well, I'll be and, um, go out I, with him again. Well, I'm. I'll be super curious to see because I mean, he has some great stories, and and I'm not yeah. gonna ruin it for anybody that's gonna listen yeah. to what to his episode. But I mean, he has some fantastic stories. And it sounds like he's in a spot now where he's he's really experiencing a lot of stuff and i think i think yeah like that's what we would do we get together like him and i would get together and we would just talk about the things that happened in the woods and i would talk about the wood knocks and and the truth is is i have a couple hot spots that i go visit every year and around the same time september early october i go to an area near the chagrin river ohio Uh, i have a family who have a property that's up against the chagrin river and they have I don't want to say a herd of Bigfoots, but it feels like a family back there that regularly visits and comes through there this, t- this that time of year. And I've been camping there since 2008. 
I've been camping in this area every year, and every year we we stuff happens. Now, when we have cameras and guns and video and dash cams and recorders, nothing happens. If we pack all the equipment away in the trunk, in the car, everything's turned off, stuff happens. It's truth. Wow. I swear they know. I swear they know. (laughs) Well, that would, you know, that would go into their level of intelligence Mm -hmm. being a lot more than just uh, an ape Mm -hmm. running around out there. And one of his hotspots, one of Mark's hotspots is very close to one of my hotspots. And I think it might be the same set of Bigfoots. So we might be, we might, me and him might be researching the same families. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think. Descriptions. Descriptions think, are the descriptions that he's given me. He's given me like some emails, or not emails. He's given me. He did send me a video of a of one walking, which I haven't. I don't have a computer. I have to borrow one. Yeah, I know. Shame on me. Mine blew up in a storm. So I have to go get a computer. <sighs> and and I need to go look at that video he sent me. But he's also sending me other pictures and structures and this and that. Um, you know, we're sharing information. I'm sharing what I've gotten. He's sharing what he's gotten and we're, we're getting back in touch. I doubt that he's going to go to any of the meetings again. Um, most of, he said most of his Bigfoot buddies have died (laughs) and, uh, now we're getting together and, uh, and I'm going to keep in touch with him and go back out in the woods with him, of course, with a friend in tow. But, um, you know, he's a little, different, but I, I believe him. I believe he's having experiences after I saw that video. I believe him. Well, I I tell you what, I'm glad that you saw that video. I mean, really am because it would be like I said, if there wasn't other people there. Um, and like I said, um, I know people who know coyote too, and that he's a reputable guy and that you're reputable. And the fact that you guys saw it and, and, you know, and not to give anything away, but we really didn't get even get into the video much in our conversation with Mark and the still stuff he told us blew us away. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you were able to tell this story for all of our listeners. And, um, yeah, I'm thankful that Daniel, Daniel, um, put it in the newsletter. Like, he did a lot of yeah. research and in interviews to get it into the newsletter, but it's all important. Yeah. It's all very important to get it out there and share these experiences. And yeah, yeah. it'd be awesome to have that tape. Uh, right. and see that. Well, I, I will it, tell you the highlight of my year was going out around salt fork with Daniel Perez in my truck and taking him all around the Salt Fork area and showing him all the hot spots and just spending time in the field with him and going out bigfooting with him and just talking bigfoot the whole time and and uh and then it was the joke we come back and they're asking Dan, you know, did Sonya molest you? Are you okay? Like teasing him like, No, 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 it's all about Bigfoot. Like, no, she didn't do anything. She's harmless. Like but I, we, I think that was a highlight of my year was actually going out around with, you know, at the Bigfoot conference, he, he kind of buddied up with me and I took him around and I, I really enjoyed that. I, um, anytime I get to spend with time with anybody out in the field is fun because truth is I go out by myself a lot. I have the dash cam going, I have my GoPro on, I have my cameras ready. I've got digital recorders ready. I got everything ready just in case, you know, I come across something and I probably go out in the field more than most women do. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm an avid researcher. I love going out. I love getting out there. I'm always well, I, I fresh report. That, I'm the first one there. 
<laughs> I, I hope that Daniel is not questioning his manhood now since you didn't molest him. I, I no, no, no. It's a joke. And I, okay. Now, wait a minute. We don't want to embarrass we don't want to embarrass him because he, he actually is a, a gentleman. Yes. And I, um, I do like great. the way he thinks. He's he's very scientific minded and he's really smart. He's he's got a he's got a good brain on him. He's very, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed his presentation. Um, and he called it. It's not rocket scientist. I helped him like flip the buttons and helped him with his computer and helped him during his presentation. <laughs> but it, he's fascinating. He's uh, got quite the library of uh, evidence there going. Yeah. And it's, it's, and that's the whole, that's the best thing about the, about this podcast is getting to meet mm-hmm. like all you guys and becoming yeah. friends with you guys and exchanging um, information and, and kind of, uh, you know, I mean, every day I'm getting something from somebody that has been yeah. on the show or I've met through the show that, um, I mean, since we've been recording this, I've been getting trail cam photos from uh, a gentleman in Arkansas who's got something going uh, on in his property. And uh, yeah. I don't know what we're, we're, we'll, we'll get out of that. But, I mean, it's just people yeah. have stuff happening and they want to talk about it. They want to share yeah. it so that so they don't think they're crazy. They share with I, me. I get shared with all the time. I've got a picture of the Ridgewalker from from Oklahoma, the Ridgewalker of Hanobia, Hanobia when they, all that was going on, when the oh, yeah. had to come down, when they, the the Bigfoots were attacking that one cabin, and and they've got a picture, they've got a video of it walking down the ridge. I got a copy of that guy sent it to me. I get all kinds of stuff. I used to not hang out, but I did uh, go down and visit with Mary Green one time. Uh, from Tennessee Bigfoot Lady and hung out with her. And we had enough experiences where she actually wrote in the book. She wrote me in her second book, the experiences that we had. And so I'm, I'm into it. I love, I love getting out there with anybody, everybody who wants to go Bigfoot and I'm into it. Let's go. Ah, you know how to well, ride a horse? I'll bring an extra one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my own, I guess we could bring, but, yeah. but, uh, well, if anybody's in Ohio and needs help with a ghost and wants to talk about spirits or does need help, you, I am available. I, I'm happy to give out my information if you guys want to. Yeah, give or, it, please. Go give, ahead. Yes. Give it me. out, and then we'll put it out on the, our social media when we air the episode. Okay, great. Sure. Okay, great. Uh, so my phone number is 440-775-1212. And there's no texting there. That's just a landline. Leave me a message. And my website is ghosttourswithpsychicsonya.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Sonya Horseman. Hit me up with a friend request. I'd be happy to uh, keep in touch. And, um, yeah, if anybody needs help with a ghost, I'm the one to call. It's free to talk to me over the phone. (laughs) I would say – after talking to you, I would say you're the only person to call. And yep. uh, I, first of all, I'm so thankful that um, that Daniel Perez brought us together. And yeah, and I'm so glad that you were able to basically rescue us tonight <laughs> because, our, because <laughs> our original guest had an emergency. I, I mean, yeah. and this is the best. I mean, this is one of the best yeah. interviews I think we've hey. done in a while, Jason. Don't oh, you? I mean, yeah. this, is, this has this been, been great. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, thank great. you. I got I got out of cooking dinner, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, if you ever want to talk about UFO, you ever got a UFO show, I have a video to share with you guys from Salt Fork that I took last year on July 15th. 
Oh, here we go. Yes, okay, get, get, her, now get, get her scheduled in. We got to do that. I have, I have, and it's only a little, like a, like a quick blip of it, but I did catch it. There's four of us together, and, and I do love UFOs, but UFOs make me nervous. I don't want to be taken by one, but I'm fascinated by the subject. But, yeah, I saw one in Salt Fork. That is a hot spot. Boy, they, they, they're they seen there quite regularly. Yeah. And, and I finally got to see one, and I got it on video, so I can say, yes, I saw it. Here's the video to prove it. Nice. <laughs> Holy smoke. See, Crazy. there's a whole there's a whole other episode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, right, well, yeah there's a whole other thing, UFOs. Yes. <laughs> I love. I'm into the paranormal, you, you know. I love to talk about it. The paranormal is my life. And then the other side of my life, I'm a normal grandma. I have horses. I have a little homestead. I have a garden, a man to take care of, and you know, a normal house. And, and I have a normal life that way. But the other side of me is I'm real deep into the paranormal. I love it. It's my life. Very interested well, in it. Well, I appreciate you taking some time and sharing it with everybody tonight because Thank yes, you. indeed. Um, Thank you. If if people don't if people don't like this episode, then I you get better go listen to somebody else. That's all I can say. All right. And if you guys want to see what I look like, there is I also did make it on TV. Can I brag a little? Sure. I made it on um History Channel two. There was a series called Haunted History. And the Cleveland episode was about the torso murderer and I was featured in that episode. So I made my right. TV debut. We'll, we'll definitely look that one up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah lots of B movies and lots of those kind of things I've done in documentaries and B movies, but that was my first like real, real good Hollywood one that I made. Well, so um, the, the, I episode, hope re- the episode was about the torso murder. And again, the episode was called haunted history. So check it out. Yeah. I hope everybody checks it out. I hope everybody goes and checks you out on Facebook. And, and if you yeah. do have a, do have some problems, Give her a call because yeah. I think she's the one to solve them. So yeah, I'm I mean, happy to help out. <laughs> well, son, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah, uh, thank you. Very yeah, much. Shane, and Shane, I hope. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, Jason and Shane. If you are in Ohio, up here in northern Ohio, we could hang. Give me a call. Oh yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason and I. Jason's in Mansfield, so you know. Oh, we'll okay. Come. We'll throw a shirt on him, and we'll come up sometime, <laughs> and maybe and maybe hang out with you and Mark. Maybe, yeah, the only way you're coming is with the, you know, if he wants to bring a loincloth, I'm not going to object. But yeah, I really would prefer the shirt. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Sonia. We'll, all right. we'll, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. All right. Yeah, all right. Thanks. God bless everybody. Yes, thanks for having thank me. Yep. Bye bye. Yep, have a good one. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 ha.